Hi, and welcome back to the Pleasing God Podcast, a weekly show focused on helping Christians to think biblically, engage practically, and live faithfully for the glory of God. I'm your host, Jonathan Soule. And the topic today that we're going to explore is on perseverance. Many, many years ago, there was a synod that came together, the Synod of Dort, and as a rebuttal statement against the remonstrance, they came up with five rebuttal statements. And the, and the final rebuttal statement was perseverance of the saints. It kind of closes out the tulip. And that statement was in response to the believer losing their salvation and perseverance of the saints basically means that all who are saved will persevere to the end. So when we think about or hear the word perseverance, some of us uh, might go there and think about that in in that way. And while I believe it's certainly a true and faithful theological position based off of the scriptures, I don't want to think about perseverance in that way as much as the practical side of how can we persevere because we're told oftentimes like you're gonna make it you you know you if you're truly saved which okay i i certainly agree with but sometimes that doesn't help me in the day-to-day life where like i am struggling i am grinding i really feel like it's all that i can do to just make it through and persevere through that day in the faith in life and in the midst of difficulty and so not so much from a theological standpoint, uh, but but from a practical one, how can we as believers faithfully persevere in this life for the glory of God? And so uh, I think about ways that it works in my life, and you know, I, I might have a list, and it works for me. It might not be what works for everyone, but when it comes to persevering, remaining steadfast, continuing on the course. One thing that's really helped me is to look at examples. Now, the scriptures are just loaded with examples of perseverance. I think a great example would be Job. And James thinks so too. In James chapter 5, verse 11, he says, As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. I won't take the time to get into the whole Job story, but he was a man who faced many trials. I mean, it's the book on suffering, Um, but he persevered. And he's an example that we can look to. So there's one of the values of just being in the word as as we would learn of these many who have come before us. But Job's an example of one who remained steadfast, persevered. The author of Hebrews would give us a whole list of people. In chapter 11, known as maybe the Faith Hall of Fame to some, he just, he just goes through a list of people. By faith, Abel. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Moses. By faith, Isaac, by faith, Jacob, Joseph, um, all people in the scriptures that have a wonderful testimony of perseverance. And he even gets to the point, he says, time would fail me to speak of Gideon and Barak, Samson, Jepheth, and David, Samuel, and all the prophets who, you know, through faith conquered kingdoms. And so he goes through this whole list of those who persevered. 
And as he's bringing this to a close, the beginning of chapter 12, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Well, who's this great cloud of witnesses? He says it's the it's the company of the faithful. It's those that have persevered, of whom the world was not worthy. And so even the author of Hebrews there is saying perseverance comes through the 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 many examples that we have. And ultimately, the argument of the author of Hebrews there is that perseverance comes since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw aside whatever hinders us, what what slows us down, what causes us to the weight and sin which clings so closely. But it's not just throw away your sin. He says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So this persevered through the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So when it comes to perseverance in my life, endurance, steadfastness, continuing, I need to look at examples. I need to be encouraged by the examples in the scripture. And then I also need to look at examples around me in my life, in my church, in my family. And I can be strengthened to continue on by the faithfulness and the testimony of those around me. So when it comes to perseverance, look at examples. Another way is to consider the alternative. When we think about perseverance, what would be the alternative? To quit? To give up? I'm sure we've all felt that way at times. Maybe a crisis of faith or it just seems like the bottom continues to drop out on life and you, you cry out and you feel like there's just no one's listening. And it's like, should I persevere? Consider the alternative. I think about Jesus. He was given some pretty hard sayings in John chapter 6. And what happens? Many of those that were following what appeared to be persevering with Jesus, continuing on, they turn around. In verse 66, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. They quit. They stopped persevering. They gave up. And Jesus looks to his 12 disciples and he says, do you guys want to go too? And Peter, who at times has the greatest answers and other times has the worst answers, he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. It's as though Peter in that moment's like, let me consider the alternative. Oh, wait, there isn't one. And it's not to what will we go, but to whom shall we go? And so Peter understood that there really wasn't a good alternative to quitting. Jesus has the words of eternal life. This is the way, the truth, and the life. It's not promised to be easy, but it is rewarding. And ultimately, it is fulfilling as we know God through Jesus Christ and will have eternal life with him. There's no other alternative. The third thing that we should think about when it comes to perseverance is that we should need to be open and honest. I think this is where we kind of get into a little bit of Christian taboo where uh, you know, we don't want to tell people that we might be struggling. We might, have, we might have feelings of struggling, feeling like we want to just quit. We might be struggling with our faith and we feel you know, rocked about something. I'm so surprised 
how many Christians I encounter that are always good or always have it seem to have it together. Uh, I know that they're they're saying that just because you know it's the easy thing to say, but we struggle, and we need to be open and we need to be honest about that. Peter tells us in First Peter chapter five verse seven that we are to be casting all of our cares upon him upon God because he cares for us or casting all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. Um, and so first and foremost, we need to be open and honest with God in our prayers about persevering, about, you know, sometimes feeling like, God, I, 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 I feel like there's nothing left in the tank. And we need to share with our brothers and sisters. It doesn't mean every person you go up to, you just tell them like, oh, I'm ready to quit. Uh, I think there needs to be some discretion. There needs to be a relationship there for sure. But sharing and allowing people to come into your life. When we share about uh, being open and honest about our struggles and our feelings, we are allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. We are taking down walls. Now, the danger is you can get hurt. You can get burned. You leave yourself exposed. And sometimes it's an uncomfortable position. But it's necessary for us. We need to have brothers and sisters in the faith that we can go to any hour of the day that'll be there for us, that understand us, that love us. And we need to be those people. We need to have that and be developing those relationships because I can guarantee this. If you are a Christian right now and you are in any community, any church, there are people in your church right now that are struggling to persevere. If you're a pastor right now and you're, you're, you're hearing this on a Monday morning, that's a tough time for a lot of pastors. They need to hear and be able to share about what's going on in their lives and, and, and someone that can listen to them. So be open and honest about struggles and feelings. We also need to understand that we are in a process of growing and understanding. It's working on my sermon for, for Sunday, and it's about Jesus healing the blind man. And, you know, he spits on his hands, he touches his eyes. It's in Mark chapter 8. And Jesus asks him, do you, do you see anything? And the man says, I see people walking like trees, trees walking very peculiar text. I mean, it's, you know, you have to ask the question, can, is Jesus not doing enough? And of course, no, Jesus absolutely, he's doing this on purpose. This kind of two-part healing. It's kind of showing us the process of understanding and growing. That's what this man needed. This is what Mark, my Mark places that specific account right there in, in his gospel narrative. Prior section, the disciples still don't understand the Next section, Peter makes the great confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We see this growth in understanding. And we have to understand that we are in a process of growing and understanding as Christians. And so there are times where maybe early on and perseverance seems to be kind of weak. There are other times as we grow more, we're stronger and we're more resolved, we're more steadfast in our walk in our lives, I'm reminded of Paul's words in Second Corinthians chapter 3. And he says, we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And he's talking about this, this one degree to the next, to the next, to the next. So this kind of 
steps or rungs on a ladder as we are looking to Jesus, as we are beholding him in his word through the means of grace that he has given us, we are being transformed into his likeness, into that same image. And so this is the process of growing. And as we are growing and understanding, hopefully our perseverance and our steadfastness is becoming more and more grounded. And so I would also say, if you're struggling, understand you will grow, you will become more steadfast, more grounded as you continually progress as a Christian in your holiness and likeness to Jesus. And I think most importantly on perseverance, we have to understand it's God's work in us. We sing the song often, He will hold me fast. And it's just such a beautiful song. The opening line goes, When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. And then it goes on and says, He'll not let my soul be lost. His promises shall last. Bought by him at such a cost, he will hold me fast. And it's just a reminder that it's not our hold on God that keeps us persevering. It's really his hold upon us. And his hold is a forever hold. His grasp on us does not change. We have been given from the Father to the Son as a gift, as, as the reward of Jesus' suffering. Paul in Philippians chapter 1 Verse 6 says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Paul is saying that he is confident, that, he, that, he, that there is a surety in his mind that what God started in our lives by bringing us to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, God is going to see that through. That's almost like I can hear Paul saying, he will hold me fast. And then in the second chapter of the same book, he, he says, you need to work. Therefore, my beloved, in chapter 2, verse 12, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so there is this sense that we are, we are to persevere with all of our might knowing that it is God's work in us. So we are to work hard. We're not to be passive in our perseverance. We're to be active in our obedience, in our steadfastness, in our commitment, in our disciplines. And knowing that we are doing that because the Spirit of God that indwells us has enabled us to do so. As Paul would conclude his letter to, this first letter to the Corinthians, he tells them, he says, in the end of chapter 15, verse 58, he says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This is a helpful reminder to us that our labor, our faith, all that we are, it's not in vain. Oftentimes, I think perseverance sometimes feels like it's, it's waning when patience is waning, we either become impatient with ourselves, 
Maybe we're impatient with the things we see around us, and we just we just fall into a weak moment. And we need to remember that we are to be patient. We are to be steadfast, immovable, always doing and abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, how do we do that? They could take us all the way back to Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus. Jesus must remain the center object of our affections, our focus, as we persevere. And we are looking forward to the greatest affirmation that we would ever hear. As we persevere in this life, our goal is to finish well, is to run through the finish line, is to fight the good fight of faith, to finish our course, just like Paul said, that we might see Jesus, that we will see Jesus. And when we do, we will hear these blessed words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of my rest. It is the greatest affirming and affirmation that we could ever hear from anyone. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ welcoming us into heaven as we have persevered through his work in us in this life. So Christian, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to think biblically about this. And I want you to think practically. Most importantly, I want you to live faithfully as we are pilgrims persevering in this life for the glory of God. And if you've got anything that uh, has helped you in perseverance, I'd love to hear back from listeners. You can email uh, questions at pleasinggodpodcast.org. And I would love to engage with some of the things that might be of help to you and how they could even help me. And with that, I just want to thank you for listening to the Pleasing God Podcast. If you do have questions, uh, reach out to questions at pleasinggodpodcast.org. And remember, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God, your sanctification.